0: We're going to do an experiment today. I've got Jordan Drake here. Hey, y'all. And uh, he's been here a few times. You all know Jordan. You may know him in the olden days from the camera store TV, but now you know him from DP Review t- uh, TV today. Today. <laughs> today, or a few days ago, we uh, we did a little YouTube video together.
1: That was yeah, fun. Yeah, you can check it out on the channel right now. Um, it's actually our first time dipping into smartphones. It's about time. Yeah. And uh, by the time you listen to this, there will be a second smartphone, because we've realized we got a lot of lost time <laughs> to make up for.
0: And I am also working on a, another side of that same video. Uh, I just have kind of more... Elements to it, so keep an eye out for that. There yeah, will be stay tuned. more videos to come. But what we're going to do today is a uh, a new format. I haven't heard any podcasts do this. This is just an idea I had. So when you pitched it to me, I was trying to figure out how this was going to work. It might so, just be a bad idea. Let's like, find out. Maybe nobody does it for a reason. Uh, if it works, I, I kind of want to do it as a YouTube video too. It'd have to be much more compressed, but I think that'd make it more hilarious. Sure. After I mean, so building it up, the idea is reviewing. All of the cameras that I know anything about, in one episode, that are reasonably current, <laughs> yeah, that are moderately <laughs> current. Um, And so, uh, obviously, it'd be, it'd be fun to. What this should be is every comparable camera right now. But I don't know if I don't have anything to say about a lot of cameras. Yeah, and I can try and fill in some gaps there as well. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm just not going to touch. Them. All right, we're not going to talk. <laughs> I mean, like it'd be because there are amazing cameras no that we're not going to talk about. Yeah, exactly. There's some great Olympus out there, from what I hear. Right. Uh, a lot of the Fujis people are like choosing Fujis over other brands often. Like, yeah, even I for did professional work. Yep. What else is good these days that, oh, Nikon. You yep. don't know anything about Nikon still. Well, except that it's good. I mean, it's at the, like the peak Nikon is <laughs> happening right now. The D850 is still, you know, one of the best image quality cameras out there. The Zed. The
1: Zeds are good and they just seven, got a lot better. I don't even remember
0: the number. Zed had
1: 6 and 7. Yeah. We'll be out with them this week. What, why better? Uh, they just got a big autofocus improvement. Oh, so beautiful. they've got not only eye detect, which is the big headline feature, but just a much more consistent focus tracking, which was our main issue with the Z6 and 7s. Why buy those when there's a D850 out there that right. can beautifully track? So, uh, yeah, they're definitely got some compelling options, but you haven't used them. So we're not going to talk about no, them. No, I haven't. And it doesn't mean that they're not bad, uh, that they're not good.
0: <laughs> so anybody out there screaming into their podcast player, Cameron. <laughs> there are good cameras out there that we won't talk about today. Un- Unfortunately, but we have a very extensive it's list. A pretty, yeah, it's a pretty complete list. Yeah, honestly. there's there's a lot here. So this includes things that uh, a lot of them are ones that I own. A lot of them are ones that I've rented. Uh, and a few are some sort of deprecated ones that I've used in the past. Um, and uh, I don't, I mean, you could still buy the Muse. There's still some reasonable options here. Yeah. But before we dive into it, uh, I don't know what's new. <laughs> I didn't want to spend the whole episode only, only talking about that. So, yeah, like, doing, uh, the, doing the lightning round. Uh, you, still- you told me that you actually listened to the recent episodes about computers and you never listened to a computer podcasts.
1: Yeah, I've been just very detached from most tech stuff, um, whether it's smartphones or my computer strategy. I used to be a big, you know, build my own computer. I was a big Apple guy when I switched over there. And now I generally just walk into the Apple store and say, I have these many monies and I have to edit video. Um, What can you give me that I can also travel with? That's been my uh, go to for a while. But there's a lot of big things happening on the Apple side. Yeah, it's, and it's such a boring strategy. It's so much more fun to watch it. I d- guess it's my sports. So well, Yeah, but I'm also, I get surprised I come home and I'm like, this <laughs> right. is not really that much of an improvement over last time or like, oh, this is a dramatic I, I have no idea what I'm going to get when I open the box. Yeah. So uh, I'm rolling the dice more than <laughs> So what do you edit your YouTube videos with right now? We're all final cut. So yeah. about two years ago, I finally made the the thing to just dump adobe um i would have the odd client who had a project that needed to be worked on in adobe so i always had that as an option but i found consistently pretty much everything i do now is quick turnaround i can cut you know 20 percent faster 20 30 faster on final cut which when that's how you're spending four days a week is a huge difference yeah um So yeah, I've been all Final Cut uh, for the last little while. It's just, it's much faster. And I really like the way that um, your timelines work within it, with the magnetic timeline, which I guess we're going to see in Resolve now. Yeah, Yeah. Resolve is getting more and more interesting. I mean, I usually
0: talk about things in terms of Premiere versus Final Cut, but I'm also realizing more and more that's ignoring something significant, you know? Like Resolve is a real competitor, and especially as modern editors grow up using it, because it's free, free and it's yeah. the first thing that they use. It's going to really start taking over. So that's going to be exciting and interesting.
1: Well, I think that was how Final Cut back six and seven got so much leverage is I think that was probably every school had it and it was probably the one of the most pirated pieces of software ever. Um, I know everywhere I went, someone had a copy of Final Cut on it and now you don't even have to worry about that with Resolve. And I used it quite a bit back as a grading program. Um, but I haven't really gone back in since they've gotten more full featured on the editing side. So I think that'll be a fun project this year is just cut something unresolved. I
0: had a lot. a lot
1: of issues
0: with uh, resolve. Wait, which what's the current 16 is what's coming out, mm-hmm. right? So now I'm, I'm running the public beta of 16 and it's working great. 15, the non-beta would crash on me a lot. Uh, so I was using it. The main thing I use resolve for right now is it's how I grade the C 200 footage. Right. And I couldn't play it back. As soon as it started playing fully crash, complete Mm. crash. Um, so I don't know, but anyway, 16 is working fine and that's a beta. So, but things like that still, it's like, I couldn't even play back my video yeah. and that's a deal breaker. I need to at least be able to trust that it'll, it'll work and not fall apart. It so.
1: just seems very picky because the last thing I used was, um, Blackmagic's B-Raw format, which is built for Resolve and on 15, it cut beautifully. Yeah. Uh, we used that. There's a thing where we recreated a scene from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with it. Um, our friend Chris Dowsett worked on that one.
0: Yeah. Also um,
1: guest, friend of the podcast. Totally. Um, And yeah, watching him work with it seemed very stable. I did some messing around with it afterwards, and it certainly seems to be coming along. But uh, yeah, it's still, everything feels a little bit fiddly now. Premiere, I couldn't deal with all the hard crashes, and Final Cut's just been pretty reliable.
0: And what's your computer
1: that you use for most of the stuff? It's the 2018 MacBook Pro. Um, And I haven't really felt the need for a desktop. Uh, Back when I was doing Camera Store TV, we had a... either an iMac or a Mac Pro. Do you really never feel the need for it? Because I'm in the same boat.
0: I'm on 2018 MacBook Pro that I love. It's great. I Mm -hmm. mean, I get a lot of work done on it but I always wish I had a desktop instead. <laughs> like I'd love to be working on a desktop. Do you, you never
1: really hit serious bottlenecks. It's always fast enough.
0: Cause you're doing most, mm-hmm. you usually release in 4k, right?
1: Yeah. It's always 4k uh-huh. uh, top to bottom on those, but um, we're not doing a ton of raw, which is a big part of it. We'll use raw for the odd test or something like that, where I'm sure for commercial work, you're dipping into the Canon raw once in a while. Um, that would be the one thing, and 60 frame per second, which I just use for slow mo. But I'm going to do an experiment and shoot an episode in 60 and see oh, wow. if
0: people—just uh, kidding, just kidding. I've, <laughs> I've been shooting more 60 lately as well. I've been, I've been less worried about some of the technical things that I see the difference of. Like they, I do notice it and I do see it, but I was—we were, we were talking about this when we were filming this yeah. DP review episode that uh i i was watch I've been binging Quarter Crew videos mm-hmm. like i've i've never binged a, a YouTube series like this like i've just been watching like two videos three videos a day and there still seems to be lots left anyway uh it, in one of them they mentioned that they're shooting in 120 uh 60 for mm-hmm. every episode and I was already hours deep into it. I'm like, wait, I just didn't think about it. I didn't notice. And like now, oh, yeah, okay, I can clearly see that it is. It's right there. Like, right. It looks like 60. But I completely didn't care. And they can cut to slow motion at any point, And they're right. not flipping back and forth. And there are definitely times that flipping back and forth
1: is bad for the shoot yeah. when it's like when it's quick responsive vlog style stuff well and just with lighting as well it'd yeah. be so nice to just know okay everything totally, looks yeah. fine with my lighting as a, the number of times we've been shooting yeah. 24 switch to high frame rate and like oh damn we've got a fluorescent light somewhere in this room that's acting up yeah you know, totally. just not to have to think about that would be yeah, pretty yeah. sweet
0: and uh, another inspiration for it is uh jesse driftwood also been on the show mm-hmm. he's been talking about that lately That he always shoots in 60 or not always he'll when he thinks of it, shoots in twenty four, but he just kind of doesn't care. Same thing. I just, I'm like, I just watch it, and it's great content, so I don't notice or care. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Depends we're gonna dabble on, with yeah, it. Yeah, depends where you're delivering, what your goals are. I mean, I wouldn't do it for
1: commercial work, but <laughs> this would be my challenge because when we release that sixty frame episode, we're not gonna say anything about it, and I want to know what the feedback is without and we will be looking we'll, well be filming while we're reviewing the comments <laughs> initially
0: okay so hopefully nobody listening to this spoils it and uh
1: or i guess watching it they'll
0: watch every they'll watch, video yeah. well and no like, is when it, when the it one? first is the when
1: one? comes up we'll just see the comments right there so if you sneak in under the wire then you can spoil it for everybody <laughs> but i would still love a good
0: way to add realistic motion blur to those mm-hmm. things, which I know there There's, are plugins for Premiere and After Effects, uh, Real Smart Blur is that what it's called? I,
1: there was one of them I used a while back. Yeah, um, but, I'm trying to recall what it was. I mean, I know it's really processor
0: intensive. Like it's mm-hmm. going to crush your graphics card. It's going to you're going to wait on it. That's so when just, I'm
1: going to want a la- uh, desktop.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So uh, not not a reasonable choice for me. But it, then I would be interested in in doing it for some commercial work because like shooting at fast frame rates also gives you advantages in terms of tracking. Totally. Uh, You know, like there are... Your autofocus will
1: be better too because there's more sharp frames for it to work with. I've never thought about that. Um, You know, I shoot with Panasonic and at 24 frames with a proper... Shutter speed, it, the focus doesn't work. It's pretty famous for that. Yeah. Uh, if I kick it over to 60 frames per second, continuous tracking is pretty good because it's wow. looking for contrast. You have more contrast and sharper images yeah. if you're shooting a faster shutter speed and a higher frame rate. Huh. So super
0: interesting.
1: Um, so it could, I mean, certainly I could see that with Sony too, where they've got hybrid phase and contrast mm-hmm. working. So we'll, well see.
0: Super interesting to me. I don't know if it's interesting to listeners because it's um, right in <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, to if j- you care. Yeah, and no, I know. I mean, I'm... I would actually, it would be very helpful for me to know how many people are concerned about or interested in um, challenging video production stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I do like to cover as many different things as possible on the show. I'm never going to stop talking about it because I'm, I'm interested in it. It's what we're it. dealing with. Yeah. yeah. But there are, as a percentage of people, there's more people that are concerned about just shooting photos on their iPhone. Yeah. So I don't know who you are out there. So tell me. I'm at Stallman on Twitter and Jordan is, is at that Jordan Drake. And let's get to the real topic. So okay. the fun challenge of it here is going to be getting through all of this in a reasonable amount of time. Wait, I took my glasses off and put them back on. I've got a, a timer pulled up on the screen. We have 22, I counted 22, I might be wrong because I get things wrong all the time, 22 cameras to get through here. And uh, we're going to try to do it in about an hour. Um, that gives us about two minutes. Okay per camera. We're not going to really stick to that, but uh, we'll <laughs> we'll see. And Jordan's got the list. So he's going to tell me which cameras we're going to talk about. I did not make any notes. I am going off my memory here. Perfect. And here we go. Reviewing okay. every camera that I have an opinion about as fast as possible. <laughs> you ready, Jordan? I'm ready. Okay. First camera. First start. up,
1: Tyler Stallman, we've got the Canon 5D Mark III. Okay.
0: I put the Mark III first. Maybe that was a bad idea because everything about it is sort of in comparison to the other cameras out there right now like how does it hold up i uh we do still have a, a mark 3 right. so this is why it's on the list and it can still really make sense for people to buy because it's pretty affordable now getting used one is
1: cheap a, yeah even even price. you can still find some new ones and they're still very affordable yeah and there. it's a really good full frame camera it will keep working totally for, how yeah. many how many frames have you got on yours
0: uh, I don't know. We have replaced the shutter, so okay. I've lost count, but I mean, we replaced it at around 400,000. Right. Which is way past its rating. Yeah. Which was I think the rating's like 150,000. Anyway, uh image quality, I do notice that it's not as good as the 4. When I bought the 4, I didn't see that difference. Mm-hmm. It looked about as good. Now when I go back to the 3, I can see a difference, especially yeah. in terms of dynamic
1: range and ISO. Yeah, and you could definitely feel this was the last of Canon's old generation sensor. Mm-hmm. I guess they did have the sixty Mark II oh, after okay. that. I didn't shoot on that. Yeah, um, so it's not a camera where those files you can really stretch them the way we've become used to doing with those mm-hmm. new Sony sensors, um, which Nikon's also using. But if you're one of those people who's a get it right in camera person, then yeah, it's consistently really nice image on it, and this was also. Such a huge video camera. I think we tend to forget that um, it was still at the point where Canon was the biggest game in town. If you wanted to shoot big sensor video for under twenty grand, yeah. uh, so a ton of people used it for that. And you got things out there like Magic Lantern that can make it feel pretty
0: current. But this comes to where it doesn't hold up. We're running out of time. Autofocus. I can't believe. When I go back to them, like, how did I live without live view autofocus? Yeah. So no dual pixel. But uh, that's the end. Of, that's the end of our first time. So. If you
1: like optical viewfinders,
0: camera number one, okay, All you right, did it. Next, we have the five D Mark IV. I might go over on this one. All right. So this is still our current camera that we shoot on all the time. This is the camera that I put the most hours into. Like, I use this camera like crazy, and it's still great. I mean, it's such a solid camera it's sort of a boring camera. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody's talking about it at all anymore. Uh, and when a lot of the tests came, I mean, blame DP review for this, but yeah. when the, the, Oh no, well, I we were still camera store back then. <laughs> well, when the, <yeah>, well, <laughs> when the lab tests come out though, and people would see it against say the Nikon D810, would yeah, have been the current 10 one or the one would 10, yeah. uh, Sony a seven R2. Yeah. Um, you know, they beat it like yeah. in terms of dynamic range and, and low light. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had that Sony sensor. I had the Sony A7R2.: Oh, we're going to get there.: And I did not spot the differences other than the resolution, of course, right. but like those, the dynamic range and the ISO I just I never saw it in practice. It never mattered, right. Even though it does have a lead, it wasn't significant enough that it ever held back any photos in the 5D Mark IV versus with 5D Mark Three, I could see that difference.
1: Yeah. Well, and with the 5D 3 and 4, you have to remember too, that was such a big jump for Canon shooters. Like people stay in their own ecosystem. Um, having a camera where you could push the shadows a little bit was a big step. It might not have been as impressive as the Nikon or the Sony, but it was still a big step forward for them. And you got the dual pixel in- Live view, which made it a very different camera. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I know a lot of people who really like using that even tethered, you know, just being able to choose your focus point from a computer and you're using that sweet dual pixel auto focus live view system. Um, made it a pretty versatile camera. But the video was a huge pain, uh, and I think it also developed quite a bit of infamy in my world for that. Well, so one
0: thing that has made it a lot better of a video camera since then, because when I first bought it, I had to oh, get it. we're going over. Okay, we're going over on this one. Not by much. Uh, with the When I was just shooting video on it, it was my primary camera, my only camera. I was like, look, I got to get a Sony to shoot video. So we bought the a7R 2 just mm-hmm. as a video camera. And it's because there was no log on the Mark IV right. at the time. The Canon couldn't shoot log except on better, more expensive, not yeah. better, more CCR expensive and cameras. cameras. Yeah. And that was a total crap limitation. It was it, was, it was a lie by Canon because yeah. like they could do it. And eventually they, well, and they have, yeah. Yeah, now they have. I'd spend $100 to get it installed on the camera. But, man, that color looks good. It mm-hmm. is so much easier to grade, and it made it a way, way better video camera. Mm-hmm. So now – I really don't mind shooting video on it. I, d- I don't shoot 4K on it. I only shoot it in 1080. Can't do the same slow motion, mm-hmm. but um, it looks really nice. If you just shoot it in 1080, or if you shoot it in 4K, it also
1: looks really great. Yeah, it looks good. It's That yeah. crop will burn you, and those files are ridiculous. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a very capable one. Just don't plug a microphone into it, for the love of God. Uh, well, it's, have it's a preamp. Have a preamp, yeah.
0: Just make sure you have a, an amped microphone.
1: Is that it? We did it. Okay. Oh, right, okay, next one.
0: EOS R. Okay, so this blends in nicely. So... Same sensor. It it is actually the same sensor. Like there isn't a difference. They say that there's tweaks, but we got the same lab. So I got a question for you is when I'm shooting video, am I getting the same results? in the 5D Mark IV because a lot of people are like super hyped on the R as a video camera because yeah.
1: it looks great. It's creating great results. Am I just getting the exact same image quality? The log is slightly different is okay. what we found. So your 5D4, you'll find matches really nicely with your C200 probably mm-hmm. um, where we found it was a little more contrasty on the ESR. I oh, have no idea why. Okay. Um, but other than that, it is essentially the same sensor on it, but you get to be, you know, you can use an EVF with it. Uh, which is a big deal. Um, And yeah, I would say it's just a little more flexible, all-round primary video camera. It's smaller, it's lighter, you get the adapters. And the adapters, you get the aperture control. And the big one is you get the variable ND filter for it. So if I had to pick one for video primarily, I would totally go for the R. But for photo, I mean, we did a video about this. People talk about dual pixel autofocus as the gold standard autofocus system. And I totally think that's the case for video. But for photo, I don't think it keeps up with the best mirrorless autofocus systems. Has that been your experience? Well, so my problem with the way dual – I
0: haven't shot um, for more than like standing inside the camera store with the R. So I don't have real-world experience with it. But um, the thing that drives me crazy on the 5D is that I have to touch the screen and rely on – the tracking or face detect. Yeah. Those are the only ways I can use dual pixel. Whereas on the R, you can do like point selection. Yeah, you can treat it like a regular Exactly. Camera. So I don't know if that lets, would let me use it more like a real camera. Like if that would solve all my problems mm-hmm. of the 5D Mark IV. Because right now it's unreliable on the 4 having to only let the camera track. Because if it gets it wrong, I can't fix it. I yeah. can't override it in
1: any way. So. It's a better interface, but it's, once it's in that tracking mode, we've found the performance is pretty much the same. Although, so, again, it's the R has seen some firmware updates that we haven't seen in the 5D4. So I'd be very interested to compare those again head-to-head. So what's the reason not to buy the R? I've tweeted a
0: bit recently. I'm like, I should, I should have an R right now. It would make more sense for what I'm doing now than the
1: Sony. Yeah. Um, I mean the major drawbacks to it native lenses of course is they've got a bunch of lenses for the camera that doesn't exist yet Mm -hmm. and no lenses for the ones that do they're all super premium lenses Mm -hmm. at this point except for a 35mm f2 that's really nice but um, that would be at battery life of course single card slot Mm -hmm. I do you know I shoot to a single card once in a while but if it's an important shoot if I'm on the road or I'm doing something for DP review it's always backed up Um, so that I'm always a little bit skeptical of Um, and it doesn't feel quite as solid to me, but it seems very capable. Right. Um, The flip screen. I need a flip screen. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You don't don't have the 5D4. I think I missed on the 4. Like I
0: feel the missing flip screen now, even on, professional photo shoots where like flip screens l- used to look cheap. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, no, this would be very practical. And well,
1: You were vlogging with the five D four just the uh, other day with us. And yeah. I, I'm like, how do you do it? I'm offering to go behind you and check to make That's sure how I do it's it. working it. And out, it doesn't yeah. do. And the, when I'm shooting in log, it doesn't do auto ISO or auto
0: anything. It's right. only fully manual. So you have to preset it and then check anyway. Okay. Restarting next cameras. All right. A seven R two. Oh yeah, I did. Okay. So a seven R two was a pretty awesome camera. Image quality is great.
1: It's still, we just reviewed the a7R 3 compared to all the new high-res cameras. R3 still had the best image quality. R2 had the same sensor. So you know, four years later, sensor, yeah. yeah, four years later, it's still one of the best out there. Yeah, that's amazing. But this was, I would say, kind of the last bit where Sony was having really serious usability issues. They still have some to work through, but an R two was a tough camera to shoot with.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, battery life was a huge pain. Um, I am on the record already as saying that it's too many megapixels to be useful for me. Like it, well, it's useful, of course, but it uh, was more of a obstacle. Than a feature for me, so it, dealing with the extra storage and the slowness that a comes slow with it. cards.
1: They didn't oh, even have a UHS yeah. two slot. No, yet. It was
0: very slow. That was that was a really common problem. It's like just buffer times and slow responsiveness, and that got a lot better. Uh, we're going to get to new cameras, and it still is a bit of a problem. Um, but Sony's in general, it's okay. Everybody knows the menus are terrible. Also, just responsiveness of changing settings. Yep. Uh, th- I mean, okay, I'm already bleeding into the three. If you just if I just change the aperture. I'm, if I, okay, yeah. I take a photo, I'm like, oh, that's a little off. I change the aperture. I have to wait for
1: it to change. Yeah. Why why is that <laughs> happening like that's the most basic like I get crazy. zooming in to review a 42 megapixel image that right. but just the operational issues for taking pictures um and we can't forget how bad the old menu was too for people who were jumping between stills and video shooting which i know mm. you basically made it a video camera because yeah. it was so cumbersome to go back and forth they had these great hybrid cameras but made it unusable to use the camera for both
0: and i think it was really underrated as a video camera people Spent so much time talking about the A7S II, and I just think this was a better, a way better camera for more people, a more the, flexible one. The yeah. only better thing about the S II was the extreme high ISO, mm-hmm. but I mean, it only you'd only see that benefit above 6400, oh, or even, even more. Yeah. Like it looked great at everything that you actually shoot at, because <laughs> I don't on any camera, even the A7, the A7 III, which has the same, same low light performance. High, yeah. I never turn it up that high because yeah. it doesn't look good. You do see noise, even though it's you,
1: usable. It's very usable. It yeah. also was. I used noisy. it once for a movie when we had the Northern Lights come out, yeah. and it was a very weird scenario where, yeah, I was really glad we had that camera, but yeah. that's, you know, once in five years. And no
0: auto-focus no auto on the A7S Oh, and so the R was better.
1: Yeah. What's next? All right, next we have the A7 III. Best Sony- Yes. Yeah. Other than the A9. I mean, they've made so much. They keep talking about how we're number two now in the photo business. And, it, and it's all because of <laughs> We're number two. two. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There will be that chant at yeah. the next press event I'm at, I'm sure. Um, but I mean, no, it's, I mean, so much
0: credit to Sony for pulling ahead like this and pushing everybody harder. Like, this is the reason people are, are mad at Canon, is because Sony's doing so well. Yeah. It makes Canon look bad.
1: Well, and you've got to think in terms of everybody else if they were to put an entry level full frame camera out there, you know, would you grab the autofocus system from the R3, which is pretty competent? And they're mm-hmm. like, no, we're going to grab the one from the A9. Yeah. Um, they're top of the line. Um, same big battery, same, every, like just very few compromises. The viewfinder's not great, but that would be the one thing that I would really. The, I, I would also give a lot of credit to this camera
0: for lowering the price point of what a professional camera can be like this this because this can be a fully professional camera even though there Mm -hmm. are sacrifices like there are things that are frustrating about it the image quality is there yeah you can you can work with this yeah the focus
1: is phenomenal like i would easily put this up against the classic workhorse you know canon 5d4 nikon d850 it's got two cards in it yeah i mean it like and it's
0: you know, a thousand dollars less than the a seven R two was, which is what you needed before in Sony and Canon. You needed the five D Mark four, which was similar price, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And all of a sudden cameras, a thousand bucks less and it can compete with all of those. That's
1: crazy. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing now with the Nikon Z six being way more competent than we expected. The Panasonic S one, we're starting to see entry level full frame cameras that aren't high resolution, but have all of the best of everything thrown in them.
0: Yeah, no, I, I have problems. Thanks, Sony. Yeah, I have problems with this camera. Uh I'm I'm so often frustrated with it and I do want to get rid of mine, but it's amazing and a lot of people should probably buy it except that Sony's are still hard to use. <laughs> okay, wait. Well, I got to say this about Sony's okay. in general. We don't have a lot more Sony's on this. I didn't put like the uh, A6500 nope. or anything. Okay. Last thing about Sony's, if you're being recommended to buy a Sony, make sure that you know yourself well enough to understand if you're going to be okay struggling to learn some menu systems and, Mm -hmm. like, customize your camera, you have to customize Sony's. You can't just use them out of the box and have a good experience.
1: One of my favorite things when we go on Sony press events is the hour that they give you between giving you your gear and when the bus leaves for you to go back to change your get your camera all set up so it's actually usable yeah. um and it's funny we've talked to them so many times like we can just rewrite these menus for it like it's not a big deal we can use english words instead of weird abbreviations for it but yeah. they've just always been yeah, that doesn't happen on nope. canon or nikon or pentax or anybody else so <laughs> or fuji's <Fugees. laughs> fuji listens
0: yeah all right what's next we have the canon 1dx ah uh, okay so i di- mostly wanted to bring this up because it's it's insane to me that people are using it as a video camera on a regular basis. Well, the
1: 1DX2, you mean? Oh,
0: yeah, sorry. I am talking about the 1DX2. I just abbreviated it there. Uh, And also to talk about the series in general. So I haven't shot on the the current ones. The last time I shot a 1D camera wasn't an X. It was the, what was it called? 1DS. Uh, 1DS 1DS3? Yeah, that was the last one that one, that I was shooting on a regular basis. (laughs) <laughs> love that camera yeah. so good
1: and i still like i think the one DXs are great i don't get i mean yes you get 60 frames at 4k which a lot of people love as we've talked oh, sure, about yeah, that's great that's but great. i mean everybody's saying like it's the only way to get it full frame but it does crop when you shoot for 60 and uh not enough people talk about that but this is my favorite canon image by far, Um, this is, I'd say, their most current sensor. You can really push the black shadows. We shot it out against the Nikon D5, and historically, Nikons have had the better image quality, and Canons have had the faster burst rates. This was the first time we've seen that flip. What's baffling to me is we haven't seen this sensor in anything else.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I always imagine it being similar to the 4, but I don't know cuz I didn't look at them. Yeah, like it's the certainly tests.
1: a better low light performer okay. than the 4. Yeah. Um, I mean, I so
0: I'm I'm complaining about people choosing it as video camera, but this Seems to be an amazing. It's a brilliant. Like, I would photo love to camera. have this yeah.
1: for sales. If yeah. I were shooting sports, I mean, maybe the A nine now, um, but you know they don't have the glass. Well, so, and I, ex- I still wouldn't choose it because of size. Yeah, it's it's a big sucker. It's a, it's a big camera, which but. is part of the reason, as a video camera, I just I don't understand it. Something with a grip on the bottom is the wrong format for a video camera, and especially for vlogging, you get all the annoyances of the five D four with extra weight. YouTubers so don't buy this. Yeah. All right. It.
0: Let's let's get under time for one. Oh, we did it. Okay. Uh, so the A9. A9. So I, I don't have a lot to say about this one, so we can be under time again. Uh, I did that one review, so I do have a yep. video about it. That's why I put it on the list. And this camera is so good for mm-hmm. stills. It's an amazing stills camera. It's so
1: fast. It's perfectly silent. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a weird camera because usually there's something competitive. But, I mean, we just saw there was a big article um, with the Associated Press the other day with people saying like we need to switch all the people over the to debate. A9s yeah, yeah. for the, at the debate they were like this is too much all these shutters <laughs> going on
0: totally, um that makes sense. Sony has
1: a solution for it yeah. and the other thing is when you looked at it with us it was version like 1.5 mm-hmm. now i think we're version 6 on the firmware mm-hmm. Um, And the real-time tracking that Sony's put in it is the best autofocus system in the world, right? This is the best focusing camera. And it's so intuitive. You put it on a subject, it tracks that subject. You can use the thumbstick or just center point on it. If it sees that that thing has a human face or an animal face, it'll start face tracking. If it gets close (sighs) enough to see an eye, it switches to eye detect. You're not constantly going through all the different focus modes. Uh, It really started with the 5D3 where they'd bring you to the menu – choose the autofocus system for the type so you can optimize it for that. I don't want to do that. I just want to point it at things and have it focus. So
0: what I think is, you know, if I was hired to shoot the Royal Wedding, like this is what I'd bring. Uh, yeah, Probably. exactly. Yeah. If I were
1: doing sports, anything like that. Um, wedding shooters, charge an extra 500 bucks more and say, I'll shoot your wedding silently and people mm-hmm. will pay it. True. Yeah. Get right. on it. Under time. Yes. We're doing it. Um, GoPro
0: Hero. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I put GoPros on here. As a, a bit of a comparison to the next one, yeah. which is
1: the Insta 360, yes. you want to roll these two together? Yeah,
0: kind of the Insta 360 One X. So I've been using that a bit this year. I wanted to get a video out. I just didn't. I don't have time. <laughs> <It> happens. <laughs> but uh, this camera makes a lot more sense to most people, mm-hmm. in my opinion, than the GoPros do. Yeah. To, than any of the GoPro. Um, it's yeah, it's 360 camera for one, but it does all the image stabilization. It does all of the like wide angle. It does everything that the GoPro does but is a 360 camera as well. And you can change the composition afterwards. And like, that's really fun.
1: Well, and I think so many people for the first bit of 360 mismarketed all of these cameras Mm -hmm. as like put on goggles and you can look around or whatever. No, it's just frame your shot properly and post the number of times I've stuck a GoPro somewhere. And it's gotten bumped or something, and it's moved like that quarter of an inch. And now my frame is totally useless uh, with the Insta. Just stick it somewhere roughly that makes sense and pull out the compositions that you want afterwards. Uh, now, that said, I haven't actually shot with the Insta. I've seen lots of samples. It looks really interesting. but Well, and it's not going to be a crash cam. No. The,
0: I, like, it isn't a GoPro. It's not a replacement for it. I'm just saying that I think a lot of the people that buy a GoPro might be better served by the Insta360. Yeah, like as a family
1: vacation. Exactly.
0: Because like, I see people walking around and they're recording their whole day on the GoPro. Like the GoPro's
1: there, everything, Cameron. I'm like, for that, use a cell phone. Yeah. And well, and the other thing too is they're always filming themselves during mm-hmm. their vacation with the Insta. In post, you can be like, here's what I'm looking at. Back to me talking. Oh, yeah, here's what I'm great. looking at. It's, yeah. It's and the software a is
0: awesome. The software is what makes this viable to be a popular camera is that it's easy to use. You can create that edit in a few minutes. It's mm-hmm. not very hard to like whip the camera around afterwards. You can the, the editing mode that I like the most is where you're just looking through the, the view of the 360 and you move in real in the real world yep. to change the camera angle as if you're a cameraman. And it records those changes, and then that's the edit to the file. It's so cool.
1: Yeah, that's really smart. Uh, I do think the GoPro days are over because DJI tried to jump in that market, and I don't think it's making that big a splash. Oh, like, no, like people aren't buying the DJI? You think? I, I'm not hearing much excitement about yeah. the DJI, and it looks compelling. It's got the front camera on it. I like that idea. Yeah, but uh, I think, yeah, things like the 360 cameras, and again, phones just getting so damn, like this iPhone XR I'm yeah. holding,
0: the, the video is beautiful out of I it. I think a lot of people are confused when they buy a GoPro. Because they they want to buy a camera, they want to buy something that is just a camera, mm-hmm. but their phone would do as good of a job, if not better. Yeah. So,
1: what's next? That's the end of those Fuji X one hundred F.
0: Oh yeah, okay. I put some on the list because I have
1: one. Um, I love that camera. Yeah. So uh,
0: my wife bought it. It's her camera, really. So I I have a little bit less to say about this than some others, but I you shoot Fujis more, so I wanted to make sure Fujis are included because like they're awesome. Fujis yeah. are really great. I wish I had more excuses to shoot them and more reasons to shoot them. I used to have the, do you remember the model? Yes, the X. Because I bought it from you. XE1. XE1, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, you know, an early one. What what was the issue was it was kind of too slow. A lot of focus wasn't good enough. So I would bring it and, like, yeah, we'll use the Fuji. And then it wouldn't be performing as well as the. Canon on site and be like, look, we, like,
1: and the focus was not where it should yeah, be at that point. Uh, it was laggy when you were viewing images and the raw files were really tough to process back. Yeah. And too, so, they always looked bad. Well, I don't know. I like the, the image quality was nice, the but JPEGs it was just, were great. it
0: was so hard to work with that. Yeah. I was like this, why am I bringing this with why me? Why are you slowing and, yourself yeah.
1: down? Yeah. So, so now, The new one is better. Yeah, with the 100F. It's still a generation behind on the autofocus. But this is something Chris and I go back and forth on all the time. I think the hybrid viewfinder is fun. Like Mm -hmm. if I were doing a paid gig, no, I would use an electronic viewfinder so I could preview my exposure. But I have so much fun with the hybrid viewfinder. Mm Um, So I, that is one camera that, yeah, for vacation and things like that, I always just keep going back to X100 series cameras. I just think they need an update now with the autofocus from the X-T3 and X-T30, which is incredibly good. What's the Fuji to buy right now? The X-T30, I think, okay. for most people. It's a baby X-T3. Uh, the focus is fantastic on it. It's single-card slot, and the battery life isn't as good. But other than that, it is a really spectacular little camera. Cool. I love yep.
0: Fuji. I wish I had more excuses to shoot them.
1: Look, we're talking
0: about a lot of super cool gear here, but let's take a moment to appreciate some very cool software. Sponsor of this week's episode is Spark Camera, which you have definitely heard me talk about before because, well, it's come up on the show a number of times. I made a YouTube video that's mostly all about it, and it's it's just an app that I end up opening all the time because it is so useful. Spark Camera, it's it's basically a way of editing and shooting your video At the same time. So there isn't this separation between imagining what you're going to do, actually shooting it, then you go home hours later, try to remember your intention, and then edit together, which the editing usually takes longer than shooting it. I mean, it's painful how long I sit at the computer. Instead, I can just whip out my phone and shoot and edit all at once, and the thing's basically done. So one way I've been using this lately is actually when I'm planning out a video. We do a run-through of it, shooting it in Spark Camera, and all I need to do is, you know, point the camera or something, press and hold down. It'll start recording as long as I'm holding down, and then I let go, and it stops recording. And I do that for each of the shots that we plan on shooting. Then, once we've shot it all, I quickly go through and do a very quick edit. It'll just take a minute or two to show everybody what we're planning to do here, what the intention is, and just to see if it works. Because sometimes, as soon as you see it edited, you realize, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't as good of an idea as I thought, or when it comes to Instagram stories, which is how I end up using it most often, that's what most of my spark camera videos get posted as you can just be creative so much faster. So you don't have to spend all this time worrying about like, uh, you know, I have this interesting idea, but it's going to take a certain amount of time. So I'm not going to do it spark camera. You can just go do it right now. So you should go do it right now. Go to sparkcameracom slash Stallman and check it out. It's a fantastic app. I use it. Literally all the time. SparkCamera.com slash stallman. Thanks again to Spark Camera for supporting the show. Canon G7X. I just put this on the list because I have one. You like it? Yeah, the Mark II. Well, I don't use it anymore. It's okay. in the it's in a it got some damage, so that's really why it stopped getting used, is the lens. Uh, got started getting stuck at a Coachella point and shoots always do yeah like there's that? I mean it was dusty yeah. I know why it happened I kind of don't blame the camera there's a there's a lot of dust nothing's warranted
1: against Coachella uh,
0: yeah Um. but yeah so now it's it's still working but it's got some problems
1: and I but I love it it's I mean for vlogging it's it's pretty great. I think there's still a big space for those one-inch sensor cameras, and there's a lot of rumors that we're going to see some updates on this side from Canon. I'd love to see some more from Sony as well on it. Um, so yeah, I think it makes a lot of it's a lot bigger than the sensor in your smartphone. Um And they're super fast scanning, so you don't get that weird electronic rolling shutter. The video quality is great on them. I think it makes a lot of sense. We just need more out there. And one interesting point with this is it's a Canon. This is one of the sensors that they're outsourcing from Sony, and we tested it against their APS-C uh, G1X3. This camera is doing a better job. Wow.
0: I didn't actually realize it was that good. I mean, I was about to say that uh, a lot of the time what I see other people do, the Sony, which is the model number I'm forgetting, rx
1: uh, RX one hundred four three four five. Yeah.
0: yeah. They seem a little more appealing because mm-hmm. uh, they can kind of do more full vlogging. Like they have a camera mount and yeah. stuff too,
1: right? Yeah, they just brought out a vlog kit for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- like that's more appealing, but they are more expensive
1: Yep, yeah. and – and up until the new RX 106 or the 5A that they just brought out, the color was not good on those. So I would still steer a lot of people um who are looking at those towards the Canon because the JPEGs were so good straight mm-hmm. out of it. Now it's a little more competitive because Sony's processing has gotten a lot better on the five A. It's the same stuff as the A seven three. Yeah. All right. Uh next we have oh, let's go into drones. Drones. I mean these can we'll kind go of- we'll go smallest to biggest.
0: Well, they can slightly get rolled together. Um, all right, smallest being the DJI right?
1: Spark is really small.
0: I loved the Spark, uh, so I I sold mine. I'm not using it anymore, but I really enjoyed it. It fits in every bag. It is super indestructible because it's one piece, mm-hmm. and um, the image quality was great. You, couldn't, you totally can't fine. you can't yeah. shoot log on it. It's just 1080, but you know what? Nobody notices. Like. Mm-hmm. Well, and drone footage is so cool. Nobody pays attention yeah. to the image quality. Well,
1: and I usually want pretty crunchy drone footage, to be honest. You know, it's, it's an effect kind of shot. Um, yeah, if I'm doing sunrise, sunset, then I might want something more advanced. But a lot of the time, I'm just floating over top of something. Contrast isn't that bad. It's a great little option.
0: Yeah, and I think that the reasons to go up to, like, it's not on the list, but the Pro, the Mavic 2 Pro, mm-hmm. is really for low light. Or stills that will be used for
1: something other than social media. Yeah like high res stills. Yeah, if you really want to play with those yeah. cuz that again we're up to that 1-inch sensor which is beautiful. Yeah, but all like files. social media stuff or just like general what
0: people yeah. really use photo like cameras and, for yeah.
1: uh the Spark was good enough for most of that. And it's quieter. Like that's mm-hmm. one thing a lot of people forget. The number of times I'll walk into a park and you can tell from a half a kilometer away that somebody has a Phantom 4. Yeah. Um is brutal. Makes a lot of sense for that. Well, and then the reason that I got rid of it was the range. So
0: yeah. going into the 4 what I or no wait, next going we into, got the Mavic Zoom yeah, sorry, Two. Sorry, my Mavic Zoom Two, which is what I replaced it with. Is the range? I yeah. mean, it can oh, it, it just goes so far. It's right. crazy how far it goes, especially if there's any interference nearby. Like if there's just a like a router, mm-hmm. the Spark can get confused because it's running off just Wi-Fi, and the Mavic is using the magical DJI Direct Link. It just
1: goes for whatever it, they call
0: yeah. You. So that's that's like the biggest reason. It's totally worth it for that if you really care about
1: your drone footage. Um, well, and be, also just the performance. It flies very well. There's yeah. so much control. Well, the other thing too is I found with all of my drone footage, because it was generally a pretty wide lens, I cropped all of it. I don't like the look of ultra wide unless you're right beside something. So I wound up shooting all my drone footage like a foot away from – whatever I was trying to film. Uh, so actually having a lens that gets rid of some of that wide angle perspective right. is super useful. I would love to see uh, a DJI drone with a fixed 50 lens. That would be like the one for me. <laughs> but since they don't, this is the closest thing.
0: Yeah, I, I like the zoom a lot. People have asked if I regret it because I was actually looking for the pro. That's I remember what I thought that, I was going to yeah. get. I am totally happy with it. I mean, save saved a few hundred bucks. And I di- in video, the zoom usually looked better. Yeah. In most situ in daylight situations, yeah. the pro was way better in low light, but you can't f- like the amount of time that is, you can fly a drone in low light is like 20 minutes a day. It's yeah. not like, it's only right as the sun is setting. As soon as it's down,
1: it's too dark. Yeah. It's too dark to fly. <laughs> um, but it's also too dark for the sensor anyway. So yeah. Uh, no, I'd say if I were to grab a drone right now, it'd be the Mavic 2 Zoom. But if I wanted to get fancy, there is the DJI Phantom 4. So it's still available new. I believe so. All right. Let's
0: go. Let's make this one really fast because I don't think any, not not many people
1: are buying them these days.
0: Uh, I just still have one and I pulled it out a little while ago and man, that thing holds up. Yeah. It flies so well. It's such a stable
1: platform. Yeah. yeah. The
0: footage looks amazing. I still love the Phantom 4.
1: Yeah. I have nothing to add there. It's pretty competent, but I think for almost everybody, just Mavic 2, Pro or Zoom. Yeah. All right, let's get into video land. Oh, here we go. So I'm going to flip this order and do this chronologically. Okay. So Sony changed that whole $10,000-ish market with the FS7 when it came out. And I know that you rented and borrowed ours back when I was at the store. Yeah, I was
0: all about it. I used it, as, uh, I used it for everything I could. Anytime I could justify a little more budget to rent I shot a, real a whole
1: camera. year uh, of the show on it. Ergonomically, what did you think? I at the t- no at the time
0: I loved it because it was so much better to work with than the SLRs that I was right. used to. You know, ha- just having a real camera was awesome, and then having images that I could really change in post yeah. that had some flexibility. Was that-,
1: that your first time working with log? Was with the FS7? Mm, I
0: don't remember.
1: M- it- I mean, good log, good uh, log, uh, yeah, ten yeah. bit <laughs> log. I mean, Sony's still not giving it. To no, exactly. The- on the- on and so, cameras. like, I
0: was shooting log on the A seven R two. And you can get great images out of that, but they will band reliably. They will always have some like macro blocking and just look kind of chunky. And for a long time, that was the only way to get, you know, dynamic range that doesn't look like an SLR Mm because SLR footage or mirrorless footage, what I don't know how to refer to it anymore, um, can often still have a look if people don't shoot in a flat profile. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people still shoot in full contrast profiles and you can see it right away. And I think it looks bad. Yeah. Um, So yeah, FS7,
1: the image quality is still so good. Yeah, it's Uh, it's a beautiful picture on it. And I remember we were shooting with an F5 um, for a few episodes before that, which was their big cinema camera. Seven comes out, we're like, oh, this is like an ergonomic gift from the gods. And we shot with that um, very quickly. It got off my shoulder onto a monopod, and it turned into a big box for me. And everyone I know did the same thing. It was this weird, almost a shoulder mount camera, but you couldn't really use it on your shoulder with this big hand grip. So I think when they brought out the FS5, you can reset your counter now. Okay, well, no, I wanted, Okay, you just more. wanted to All hit
0: right. that, that <laughs> this did come out. This is 2014. It looks like the, the FS7 that came out. That sounds right, yeah. Let's just acknowledge how insanely far ahead of its time it was. Yeah. Because it still it's fully everywhere. holds up today. Like, you. I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend buying one today. I think there's other cameras that make more sense to buy. But if you hadn't bought one today... You could work with it for
1: a while. Yeah, it from hits today every broadcast standard yeah. out there. Uh, we were just out shooting soccer at a big stadium, and it was all FS sevens um, with Canon glass well, on them. Such but, a, such a good camera. Like uh, we'll we'll remember this camera for a long time. Yeah, but then the FS five came out. <laughs> okay, same chip, and let's also I mentioned I shot on the F five before, which came out in twenty thirteen. That sensor is still Sony's video sensor to this day, so right. it's showing its age, but. So this is I have I have some complaints
0: I I rented the FS5 for a shoot a little while ago and I was shooting mm-hmm. it with the I think it was the A7 III maybe it was the A7R2, but it um it looked a lot worse in a lot of shots
1: in 4K yeah
0: yeah and especially noise it was usually that I was trying to shoot it like the. A seven series, yeah, and and like it is way noisier. Oh, it's so much noisier, and I didn't (laughs) anticipate that, so I had a lot of noise to remove in the in the final footage, which was my
1: my fault. But when we were looking at moving away from cinema cameras, I shot this against a GH five with a sensor that's half the size, and it was just killing this thing in low light. So Um, the FS seven does have that same
0: noise, like yes, because the same chip. I just hadn't shot the FS seven in a way that created it. I, I mean, maybe it was just. I just hadn't run into it until the FS5, so I wasn't sure if it was the
1: camera. Well, the other thing, too, is they took away 4K 10-bit with the FS5. So if you were shooting anything where you had to stretch the image Mm -hmm. at all, then, you know, your noise is certainly there, but also just your mid-tones and lower shadows are just mush. Variable ND. Lots of banding, but it had the electronic variable ND, which is – sped up our workflow so much it's a really important camera Mm -hmm. for that but Mm -hmm. i thought it would be more important because once they brought that in i figured every new sony camera would have this unbelievable feature and they haven't yet they put it on an fs7 mark ii but we haven't seen it on their mirrorless bodies and aperture tried to bring out an up mount adapter with something like it but it was super fiddly and didn't work well at all
0: it's also weird that they stopped releasing so fast i mean because the fs5 was like Boom! Like they just blew away all their like the the, what was the f fifty five is that the expensive one
1: the f fifty five which had a global shutter which is still yeah I mean it's still like pros
0: that were using the fifty five still used it they they wouldn't switch it would be a downgrade to go to the fs seven
1: but the fact that it could outperform some aspects of their yeah.
0: How much is an an F5?
1: Well, an F5 is a $16,000 camera. And this, yeah, blew it away for um, Canadian. I think it's like six grand or something like that. Uh, The other thing to remember, too, the FS7 could record RAW, but you had to buy this giant extender thing for it, find a separate power supply for it. The FS5 brought RAW shooting to a whole bunch of people because you just. Plugged an SDI cable in and bought a RAW update to the software. And now that we have ProRes RAW on it, it's one of the best packages oh, okay. out Actually, there. If I you want to shoot, that. Okay. yeah, if you want to shoot ProRes RAW, Sweet. grab this or an ancient FS700 is a fun way as well. But uh, yeah, it's it's a great camera for that. And ergonomically, I miss it so much. Uh, it was yeah, it's a really a nice delight nice to work too. with. I just need a new version of it, and maybe I'll jump back into cinema camera land. C200. All right, well obviously
0: I've <laughs> I've lots of thoughts on this. Um I'm really frustrated that the price just dropped on it pretty quickly after I bought it. But, you know, this was the this is the furthest into the life cycle of a camera I've ever bought a camera, mm-hmm. which uh is hard. I mean, it's like you know what you're doing, what is painful about it, but like I also, I don't think it's going to be replaced
1: quickly. No. I think it it just it's still selling well and it's the FS5 Two, two, I think. Three?
0: <laughs> mm, I'm confused, but okay. Not yeah, following you, but there, keep going.
1: there was an FS5 too. It um, didn't do much. But uh, really, this is where you've still got that very compact, easy to work with handheld design on it. Mm-hmm. But it's something where you can really tag two types of jobs. If I want to do quick turnaround, it has a really nice internal recording on it. But then commercial gig comes up, or you want to do some filmmaking. It's got the raw in it. So this is—I mean, this is beautiful. one
0: that I'm risking going over because I've like, I, since it's new to me, I still have so many thoughts in my mind about it, and I'm still trying to work some stuff out about how I shoot it. Okay, one thing: when I shoot log in any of the compressed formats, I shoot C Log Three. It's what I've been mm-hmm. working with because it's got the most dynamic range you can have in a compressed format. It does. It is completely different from. The C log on the 5D for one thing, mm-hmm. but I also I can't match it to the RAW. Like it looks totally different. I haven't found a log transform LUT that gets doesn't it. Yeah. gets anywhere close. The magenta, or sorry, reds are magenta. Like yeah. they are pink, and I need and okay, I know how to fix that. But why are they completely pink? Why are they so different from every other camera? Um, so I don't know. I've been trying to decide if I'm going to keep shooting in. C log three or just go to C log when I'm shooting compressed and otherwise shoot raw. Cause I can't always shoot raw. It's so big. It's yeah. 30 minutes is 256 gigs. Um, and so I did, but I did do on two podcasts ago, I was in the middle of it I shooting my first full raw big video. So I'd fill about, um, this is for a hotel. So it's like a commercial. This is, this is actually kind of one of the biggest commercial gigs we've had which is part of the reason I bought the C200 in the first place. Cause I'm like, I want this to look good. And, uh, yeah. So I was filling like a card in a half a day, but the thing is then at the end of the day, I have to dump and probably convert, a, yeah. transform a lot of that footage. So what I'm doing is bringing it all into resolve, applying the LUT from, uh, which I will try to remember to link to in the show notes, but it's from, uh, Armando and, okay. um, crimson engine, uh, rubidium. So they, did a collaboration made this awesome transform lut that like that makes it look like an Alexa and it really does match it closely and looks Mm. so good. So I've been able to get these perfect colors out of the raw. I'm still kind of struggling with the color out of the log, uh, I don't know, that's where I am with it, but I do like well, the camera.
1: Well, with the C-Log 3, because I haven't shot too much compressed with the C200, but what I keep hearing is that was really kind of optimized for the c three hundred two, which shot the 10-bit internal, um, and I've heard it responds quite nicely with that. Um, I've heard a lot of people saying for 8-bit, yeah, go classic C-Log. Um, you know, you're throwing away a little bit of dynamic range, but I'll take that over futzing around with the tint for a half an yeah, hour every day. Yeah,
0: because I've, I've, some of the stuff that I've been shooting in studio, if I'm shooting long, like, okay, I have an hour of footage, then uh, it kind of would I'm, – I'm controlling all the lighting – so I don't need all that dynamic range anyway. I don't know. Anyway, nobody else. These, these are my problems, not your problems. So let's move on. What's the next camera? <laughs> we got the Hasselblad X1D. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I reviewed this one. Uh, there's a new one, which is yes, why this is relevant Yes, which I'm very excited about, actually. Yeah, and actually. I, I didn't get my hands on it. I was. We were in New York on the day that that was announced and those new 500,
1: whatever they are. Is like oh, yeah, the, the, the new backs, yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, we could have gone and seen them, but we were shooting. Uh, like, I just couldn't get to the Hasselblad office. Yeah. So I would have loved to try them. Um, but- Uh, I mean this, it's not a perfect camera. There are many problems with it, but it's one of the cameras that's exciting. Like there Mm -hmm. aren't tons of, well, okay. There actually are a lot of cameras that are exciting (laughs) these days. This is a very sexy camera though. Like I like that they are working on it and that they are pushing design, pushing what what the camera can be.
1: Yeah. It's beautiful. It feels great. Um, I have a complicated history with it because when we reviewed it was when it started shipping to people. And I had had this camera for like four months before it started shipping and it was buggy and almost unusable. And then they started sending it to professional shooters like this. The first batch going out were existing Hasselblad shooters largely mm-hmm. who are using this to work and it crashed frequently Um you know you 'd be adjusting the shutter speed down it would jump it would bounce back off the number that you 'd chosen, uh, so we gave it a terrible review, and it has improved a lot, like you did yours, I think, like four months after we yeah, did yeah. ours and I you know played with one again in the shop, and it is dramatically improved and then now we 've got the x one d two where their big focus was on speed, which drove me crazy with it. That electronic viewfinder was atrocious, and I guess it's a sharper, faster, refreshing one now, uh, and a better display on it. So it looks like they're addressing most of my concerns with it. What I'm very curious about is how they can't really fix this. The lenses bokeh is square or hexagons or pentagons and uh, it would even do it if you shot wide open which i guess they've addressed since it wouldn't open up all the way when it they was wide open I'm yeah, I'm yeah. so now the lenses will open up all the way but if you stop down which i i've been known to stop down <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a very weird kind of gross look and that's what kind of would keep me away from that but the files are beautiful i'm curious to test it out see how far they've gotten
0: yeah i, I I like modern Hasselblad. I like what they're doing. It's exciting. I also like modern Leica. I like, yeah, I like everything. Right, there's so <laughs> many good cameras right now. This is why this hard. This is a hard episode to do.
1: Yeah, I wish we could have got a Leica Q2 in your hands before oh, we did this. Absolutely, list. It I spectacular I shot. It. You have the H6D on here, which will be interesting because that I haven't used. All right, that's another one that'll go quick. I'll still I'll start the timer. Let's do it in
0: less than one minute. I, I mean, I did a video about it, so it's part of why I included it. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I put the 100C on here. That is not the one I was using. I was using the 50C, okay. which is the 50 megapixel version. This is like the probably the most common professional Hasselblad. Like if you're mm-hmm. if you're going to spend the money on a Hasselblad, it's their this their budget
1: is, option for the real age system. Yeah, this yeah. is like this is what you want a yeah. lot of the time.
0: And I'll just say it was great. I mean, <laughs> it's really nice. Older, I mean, Hasselblad has had some reliability issues for a little while. Uh, this didn't have any of the problems of the X1D. Just like. Always yeah. worked. I have no need for it. The files are enormous, but they look perfect. <laughs> uh, and you know, you have better lens selection on this one. So,
1: yeah, it's. I use the 60 a little bit and they seem like great. Ever since the H5, they've been pretty yeah. solid little but cameras. they're ugly, unfortunately. They're hideous. Yeah. yeah. But if you show up, then your art director will be like, oh. And then you get <laughs> to so is the competition. a little more. I mean, the yeah. Phase One
0: is not a beautiful camera no. either.
1: So, whoever can make the ugliest camera gets the uh, highest day rate on a commercial shoot. You have the Pentax Six Four Five Z on here. Oh
0: yeah, right. Uh, this is because I used it once. I was just
1: like, "What's every camera I've used? Uh,
0: what's the what's? Is there a current Pentax? Still the Six Four Five Z? Oh, it's still there. Okay. I mean, I just wanted to say I loved using it when I did.
1: It was it, it was so easy to use and so fun to shoot with. It is my favorite body ergonomically of yeah. any of the medium format ones. It's just I. They say it's not dead, but they haven't released a lens for it in a very long time. It's the And when it came out, this was the 50-megapixel sensor that we have in the X1D and all the Fuji GFX stuff. And it was mind-blowing at that Mm. point. Trouble is, full frame has caught up with it at this point in Mm. pretty much every category. So if they don't update it, like I would not recommend – even though I love shooting with the 645Z, I would never recommend – Take this instead of a D850. I don't want to shoot. Give
0: a D850. We need to
1: have at least one
0: camera on here that we're not recommending. Okay. we said, said
1: too many good things don't here. Don't go buy an H6D50. What, or else, what a, else should you uh, not Pint buy on this Z. list?
0: Because I feel like we're really positive on all of it.
1: Uh, I mean, mostly you touch the good cameras. I. Well, it's the thing. These are the I cameras not, I bought because okay. I wanted the good ones. A7R two is still available at an extremely good price. Don't buy that. Um, that's about it. Don't, <laughs> don't get a GoPro.
0: <laughs> I'd say, I mean, I also would recommend against an
1: FS5. Yeah. I yeah. don't
0: think that makes sense. I think if you can find a good deal on an FS7, that can make sense.
1: I would still rather be shooting with the GH5, weirdly enough. Mm. Um, yeah. I that. mean, Except for the electronic ND. Or, or a C200. Or, or, well, C200 is twice the price. but uh, Twice. Okay. What else is in that range? In um, 5,000, there's not a lot there. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Get two GH5s.
0: All right. Okay. Well, oh, man, we're not even talking about it. So many people shoot with those. I feel like I need to try a GH I, enough to have something to say. I like point. mine. Yeah, I know everybody <laughs> it pays does. the bills. And, uh, what else is on this list?
1: The last thing that we have, um, all right. The surprise I'm, yeah. contender, I'm going to put this in your hand. This is GFX so, oh, 100. We didn't Fuji. disclaim
0: that we are in the same room right now. So oh, yeah. a lot of episodes are not recorded in the same room, but we are inches. Our faces are inches apart. Yeah.
1: Um, actually they're a few feet
0: apart, but I'm now holding a really heavy camera. This is the GFX.
1: 100 just
0: 100. Yeah. Uh, this looks this looks really good. I uh, I shouldn't spend too long just staring at it and describing a physical object that so makes for poor podcasting. <laughs> but uh, tell you tell me about this camera.
1: Okay, so what is really interesting about it is they've addressed most of the medium format issues. This is a stabilized camera. Um, it has the XT3 autofocus with eye detect which is shockingly good. Um, the sensor on this is the first big upgrade that we've seen in quite some time. Um, You know, I was saying with those older 50 megapixel ones in the X1D or the other GFX, I was telling people like, just get a new top of the line full frame. You're going to get extremely similar image quality. This is twice the resolution dynamic range is Outstanding on it. The color is wonderful. Um, And the viewfinder I've been raving about Panasonic's S1 S1R. I believe this is the exact same panel in it. Um, So it is 5.76 million dots. Um, Nice, fast refreshing on it. Why is it, it so quiet?
0: Like, is the mic picking this up? It's. Is it always this quiet?
1: Yeah. It is a super well-dampened oh, shutter on it. Um, and they said that's because shutter shock at 100 megapixels could be such a huge issue. Yeah. I know people who have been testing 100-megapixel Hasselblads, yeah. and they're like, in a basement... For the, sure, yeah. Test that, chart, when, you know. When
0: I visited Hasselblad to talk about the 100, they were, well, they were showing me the 100, and they're like, yeah, hey, we can't shoot it in this building in the Hasselblad office because yeah. the vibrations from the subway are too strong.
1: But this, I mean, this stabilizer works really well. And mm-hmm. we were so skeptical. And we got a ton of blowback when we went and shot street with this thing in Japan. But the crazy thing is, you are seeing hand-holding this with, you know, you're using the 110-millimeter lens right now. This is a nice lens. You're seeing, you know, maybe not a full 100 megapixels, but probably another like equivalent to a 60, 70 megapixel full frame camera on this hand, holding it on the street, which is insane with a pile of dynamic range. Hmm. There's also some design elements.
0: I really like in this. It's,
1: um, I think it's a beautiful camera until you actually try and use the vertical grip. Go, uh, go try it now. Well, try it now.
0: Well, I think, to, Oh yeah, that doesn't work. That doesn't work at all. <laughs> but the other grip feels awesome. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm There's too much physical stuff happening for the podcast. If you want to know more about the GFX 100, you should go watch. TV I'm review, TV. shooting my review on
1: Monday. will be up um, that week. You guys did the preview. We did the preview. So so you, you can everything. see Chris shoot it in Japan, and you yeah. can be one of the people in the comments wow. tearing us apart for shooting. How much does this cost? This. this is ten grand. Okay. So you know it's sitting right in between, like a an X1D and moving into like a traditional Phaser Hasselblad H6 system. It's really nice. Um, but I keep saying, like you mentioned, shooting with a one DS3 back in the day, that was a ten thousand dollar. If you wanted high resolution and a camera that could autofocus well and do everything, that was what you paid for it. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like everything moved down market. You know, it would be a D850 or 5D4. um, But now you've got a a super high resolution camera that handles like a regular DSLR, like a full frame. Uh, The only thing I will say, don't shoot electronic shutter on this. We're clocking it at pretty close to a third of a second to scan top to bottom. It is some of the worst rolling shutter I have ever seen. Like Um, they almost shouldn't have it as a feature. I mean, for time-lapse and stuff, it'd be great. Uh, and then I would use it because you're not going to burn through your shutter. Okay. I feel bad that this whole episode
0: where we're talking about cameras that are all over 2000, right? There's well, no, we have the GoPro. <laughs> oh yeah. We have the GoPro and the 360 and uh, old cameras you could get for cheaper.
1: Yeah.
0: What's a good camera that's like, $1,500, 1000 What's the cheapest good
1: camera right now? I think it's really a toss-up between Sony's A6400, mm-hmm. which has that autofocus system from the A9 with the new software. So if you want to go shoot anything that moves, it's the best camera in the world right now. And that camera is, I think, 1000 well, right bucks. I get
0: a lot of people that have messaged me. They're like, what's a, what's a cheap camera I should buy? Like, What, what can I go buy for $800 or $1,000? And the problem is that market is disappearing because of cell phones. Yeah. So I don't know if it makes sense to buy anything under a thousand dollars, really like, yeah, it, it, cause you're going to be competing with your phone at that point. As long as you have a modern cell phone, you know, spend that thousand dollars on getting a Google pixel three yeah. A or an iPhone 10 R or yeah, absolutely. iPhone eight plus even Un, I mean, unless like, you need a big 8,
1: zoom. Yeah. Like I think the bridge cameras are the last holdouts for that sub thousand yeah. dollar mark. But yeah, I think like a thousand dollars, you know, to $1,200 kit. So something like a, Fuji X-T30, I love that, would be mm-hmm. my first pick. But if you're following anything, the Sony a6400 is really solid.
0: Sony's, or sorry, Canon's, would you? Uh...
1: I like the M50. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm worried they're going to kill that lens mount. Ooh. Because yeah. they're not doing much with it. And the, the, the R is incompatible up, yeah. with it. Um, I think they'll just make crop sensor our cameras, would mm-hmm. be my guess. Um, so I'm just a little bit wary of that. Uh, Nikon, I don't think there is anything in that sub-thousand-dollar. Mm, that's too bad. Um, it's going to be hard years for the camera industry coming up. I mean, great for consumers? It's going to be an enthusiast bonanza, I yeah. think. That's where the money is right now. But for, yeah, the you know people grabbing their first DSLR market, I think that's gone now. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think... You don't. It's funny because
0: I see more people with SLRs in the world than I ever did. Years like more. I think more people are
1: holding bigger cameras more often, mm-hmm. even though they don't need them as much because cameras or cell phones are so good. Yeah, they're still bringing them, but they're not buying new ones. They're not yeah. like, oh man, I loved this, you know, three-year-old DSLR so much I got to upgrade. They're mm-hmm. like, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's the good. Pictures enough. are good. That's yeah, fine.
0: But the the irony is the new cameras are
1: so good. Mm-hmm. Like they were.
0: I think we've had some real jumps. I think now is a great time to buy any camera
1: over yeah. over twelve hundred dollars. Focus and everything has been the big like yeah, this year, sure. uh, especially in that thousand to two thousand dollar market. I mean that's the
0: good news. It's funny. It's that's the challenge of reviewing cameras is. I don't know what to recommend because there's so many good cameras out there, but uh, it's the it's also a benefit. It's like, you know, you're going to have a hard time buying a bad camera.
1: Well, and if you're in a lens, like if you made a choice four years ago, it used to be a lot tougher. Like I remember photojournalists switching Nikon to Canon to Nikon to Canon because yeah. they yeah. kept leapfrogging yeah. each other. That's not really the case anymore. If you spent a lot of money and got a bunch of Canon lenses, there's a good body to put them on. Yeah, it's you know? see,
0: Same with Fuji or Sony. People still seem to frame it that way. Like they want to have this head-to-head race of especially sony they're like switching back and forth and you see youtubers like posting a like, guy oh, switched i switched i switched it's like you know what they're gonna keep competing really quickly and you should probably just pick something i'll
1: keep switching i'll just keep putting
0: and, my canon glass on. Stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly so i mean that that's a huge benefit for canon still as ef really took over the world yep. and now it's getting weird because ef is not being replaced but like yeah. Now there's RF. I don't know. I don't know. we all this. It's like we thought we were sure about which lens system to invest in, and now like, it's been a while since an EF lens in mounts. So yeah, that's we'll true. see. All right. Well, we did else? it. Yeah. I mean, we definitely made it. Yeah, in in time.
1: What else you got? Good for us. Um, I don't know, check out those new videos. <laughs> what's the next phone you're going to Okay, so talk we've got about? um by the time you hear this, our Pixel 3 XL will be out because we wanted to take a little more time talking about what's going on under the hood there. It's really fascinating. And then we'll have the GFX 100 up there and it's um I'm looking forward to taking a picture with it. I got like I maybe 45 minutes <laughs> and it's probably stunning, yeah, right? I love that 110 is. lens. That yeah. focus it, perfect. Uh, I think it's a really exciting camera. So.
0: It's funny because just as medium format is getting viable, like it's an option that people can afford and there's a lot more choices. it's We're also starting to approach this point where it's less necessary. Totally. Yeah, like it's harder to. There's less people that have that
1: need. Well, it's you know this sensor is still the small medium format. You know, it's right. it's two thirds of a stop effectively. Look it? Yeah, go the front it. It's big, but it's not you know the full. Still looks big. Yeah. Um, you know, two thirds of a stop better, but you know you're spending a lot of money for mm. you know that two thirds of a stop improvement. The big advantage here is the resolution that you're getting out of it. So we'll see. I would love to see it get to the point in film. It wasn't a huge deal to like outgrow your 35 mil system and grab a medium format. And I'd love that to be the case in digital too. Um, You know, I like square format too. That's the big thing. I don't actually care about the
0: bigger sensor, like the amount of pixels in a full frame. I'm happy with that. I would love more square sensors and I don't see any reason why EF lenses they, yeah. they they have square coverage. Any circular lens covers a square format. And obviously, it's because there's no demand for it. But like, why not have a f- full frame? I'm doing
1: little yeah. funnier quotes here. A full frame square-ish yeah. sensor. I I even love like uh, I don't know if you know Don Komarechka, macro guy uh, mm-hmm. has a podcast I like, Photo Geek Weekly, where he uh, was saying why isn't someone just making a slightly larger Full frame sensor, yeah. like Canon had slightly smaller APS-C sensors, make one that's five to ten percent bigger, and you could market that all you know right. all day long. we well, just leave no, the there's same. There's not width, as much restriction. Leave the same width, so yep. the same lenses will
0: cover it. We'll cover it. I mean, just might make have it a little, a little taller. Yeah, oh, that'd, that'd be, be so, so sweet. sweet. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. make, make it happen. It. I'd shoot on it.
1: All right. Thanks for coming, Jordan. This was fun.
0: Uh, where should people go Uh, we already said but
1: yeah Uh, again DP review um, on YouTube and I'm that Jordan Drake on Instagram and Twitter cool see you next time see you (laughs) talk